You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Unglert and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Help, I Suck at Dating. And boy, oh boy, do we have a great episode in store for you today. A woman that does not... Well, she did kind of suck at dating at one point, um, as far as we saw, but... Whatever. She doesn't suck anymore. She was uh, one of the fan favorites from this most recent season of Bachelor in Paradise. Abigail Herringer. Herringer, yeah. Herringer is here joining us. <laughs> Abigail, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, guys, for having me come on today. Oh, of course. Thanks for coming on. You're you're the one who really keeps us in line. Uh, usually this goes off the rails. As you can tell, my mic has been struggling. But Abigail, how are you? How are you, Noah? What's new in your life? Yeah, um, we've been really busy. Um, I actually just packed up and moved across the country. Um, I was living in New York for a little bit. So my life is just kind of still in suitcases and whatnot at this point. But um, no, it's going well. And then we just did a trip to Costa Rica, which was really fun. And now he's back to working at the hospital. So we've been staying busy. So you moved in with him? um yeah so we have an apartment with one of his other friends um so it's the three of us in one apartment so we're in Huntington Beach, Beach right now in oh, Huntington Beach nice nice you know it's funny you guys are so similar to Kaylin and Mai's beginning of our relationship because we came off the show we did a bunch of traveling together we eventually moved in together with like one of my best friends and so <laughs> there was three of us living in this house together um I hope that I hope that uh, your guys' relationship is way more successful than ours. Not that ours isn't what successful. What the hell does that mean? I'm just saying. I don't know. I don't want to say like, as successful as ours. Like, oh, oh to- toot my own horn. I'm just saying I want it to be even above and beyond. You know, you're starting out in a similar uh, path here. So I just don't want that to... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting losing my train of thought here. Anyways, um, Jared, what, what kind of questions do you got for Abigail today? Well, so you lived in New York. Is that where you were born? 
No, I was actually from Oregon, and then I just moved out to New York, actually, right when Matt's season was airing. Um, one of my friends from college and I were just like, we want to try a new city, try something new. Um, and I knew a couple of the girls from the show lived in New York, so it just seemed like a good fit. And with COVID pricing too, rent was actually cheaper in New York than it was in Portland at the time. Mm. So we were like, we have to take advantage of it. Um, but then my lease ended and I miss my family. I miss the West Coast. No, I was in California. So it just made sense for me to come to California. Well, I'm assuming you obviously came to California to be closer to family, but also because of Noah. Is Noah from Southern California? No, he's actually from Oklahoma. He's in Tulsa. So when we were in hiding, because when we left Paradise and we had to be in hiding until obviously the final episode, um, it was a lot of secret visits to Tulsa. And then he started his contract in January this year. So we've been in California since. So how did you guys decide that you were going to move to California and he wasn't going to move to New York? Um, so I knew I didn't want to be in New York long term. Like I love the city, but it's a very... Like I'm used to kind of the slower vibes of just being able to like go for walks or drive places, just things like that. And living in the city is very kind of hustle and bustle and just a little exhausting. Um, And then he was looking at contracts and he wanted to obviously go somewhere warmer for the winter. So this one came up, it's in Huntington Beach, which I like LA, but I definitely like how Huntington's a little bit further out. It's a little bit more low-key and quieter so it just like are you gonna have a car in um california so noah and i are sharing his car right now um because he works night shifts so i have it during the day mm. out pretty well but you have the fort runner so gas right now like prices mm-hmm. are still high in california and i think his car probably gets like 15 miles per hour so like filling up his tank is such a pain right now so maybe i'll look into getting like a little electric car or like scooter or something yeah I heard gas was seven dollars. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, it's south of seven, but it's north of six I mean, in the right I would area. Believe it. I mean, I would believe it. I haven't built up his tank in a while, so I'll have to ask him. So how was long distance? What did you guys do to uh keep the romance alive while you were, you know, almost three thousand miles apart? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not fun. Um, just like going that long without seeing somebody, but um I feel like we did pretty well. Like we were able to see each other a lot. I think just the flexibility with my kind of schedule, I was able to fly on, see him a lot, a lot of FaceTimes, a lot of like show dates, movie dates and whatnot. Um, and then just trying to make the time that we show have. Dates? To, uh, Zoom dates. So you or- like Zoom together and watch a show Oh yeah. At so the like same on time? We'll like start the show at the same time mm-hmm. and then I'll mute my oh, laptop. That's cute. Because I just used the captioning and then he'll play it on his TV. Mm. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys good at those types of, um, not like relationships, but like every relationship at one point or another kind of has to go through that long distance thing. Are you guys good at like the long distance relationship or? Um, we knew that we did not want to do long distance. Like if we had to do it for more than a year, like, I just don't think it would have worked. Not that we would have been able to do it, but I think we just really value that time together. So I think that's why when my lease was ending, it wasn't really a question of, okay, yeah, like we're going to take that step together. Um, just because, I mean, people make it work for years, but it's just not in my nature to do long distance. Jared, Jared, can you do long distance? 
I did. The only time I've done long distance was with my ex-girlfriend. She studied abroad in Italy and that was for six months. But the only reason we really made it through is because we knew there was an end game. It wasn't, oh, who's moving mm. where? How long is this going to take? We knew, I knew that she was back in six months. I don't think yeah. I'd be able to do long distance. Um, as much as I like my own personal time, and Dean, you can relate to this, where I need just to be alone for a while. Uh, I also can't be alone. I, I don't want to be alone for like weeks or months at a time and then see someone and then have to leave and then do that yeah. all over. That's really tough. If, uh, if Kaylin and I had to do long distance for whatever reason, like let's say she uh, got a work thing in um, Japan for nine months and I had to be in America, I guarantee you she would break up with me within like two months. I'm so bad at long How's distance. That? Like I hate phone calls. I hate FaceTimes. And she loves those things. And after like the first couple of weeks, she'd be like, why are you not answering my phone calls? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like it. Let's just text. Let's just text. Texting is good. And it's tough too, because then you get like, and then you're on the phone with each other and you have to call every night. So you're like, you my just biggest, start getting annoyed at one another. My you're biggest like, All right, pet well, peeve, we have nothing to talk about. My biggest pet peeve, at, even outside of romantic relationships, <laughs> actually probably less so in romantic, but even like in interpersonal relationships is when people call without a, a designated purpose. Like if you just call just to talk, I uh, I will explode. But like if you call and you're like, hey, like where are you? Are you coming? Okay, you're getting here in five minutes. All right, see you then. But no, if you just call and you're like, hey, what's up? Like, how are you? What's new? Oh my gosh, nothing infuriates me more than that for some reason. And that's probably not good. But um, anyways, back to the subject at hand. Abigail, what have you learned about Noah since you guys have started dating? Or what's your favorite thing that you've learned about him? Uh, my favorite thing about him that I've learned, um, honestly, he really surprised me in how much effort he's putting like into our relationship. I think just because when you leave paradise, you are still kind of in that bubble and kind of, okay, like, um, not like it's a fairy tale because obviously it didn't really end well for us, but I think you kind of just have that bubble of, okay, um, it's really easy to kind of just focus on that relationship. But then when you get to the real world, you have all mm -hmm. these distractions come up. And I've just been really impressed with how much he prioritizes our relationship, um, you know, just on a day-to-day -day basis. And then also just with like his contract for his hospital, how much he was just like checking in with me, kind of failing me and saying like, would you be happy with this location? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to request to work like four days. So we'll have three-day weekends. I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, you guys were definitely uh, one of my favorites in Paradise this past season. But I, I, at the top of the episode, I mentioned you guys sucked at one point on the show, and I want to bring that up real quick. So at the prom, <laughs> on the prom date, you guys like were kind of going at it against each other. Can you just like walk that over with us real quick? And I'm sure you're probably sick of reliving it. Obviously, it's okay because everything ended well. So like it, maybe it's funny to look back and laugh at. So can you just talk about that for a second? Like how how did that all unfold? And then how did you guys like kind of rekindle after the fact? Yeah, so I think kind of the issue on Paradise was obviously communication. We just did not do a good job of communicating. And I think for me, I'm a very realistic person when it comes to dating. And like, yes, I know what I signed up for when I went out on the show, but just the idea of, you know, a proposal after two and a half weeks, like that just scared me the mm -hmm. entire time. Um, I was having so much fun with Noah mm -hmm. on like a day-to-day -day basis. But then when it came time to have those conversations, it was kind of like an inner battle with myself of, okay, I want to show him how much I care for him, but I also don't want to scare him because we've only been talking for a week. Mm -hmm. And so I just wouldn't say anything. 
And then he kind of took it as, okay, well, she's not really expressing how she feels about me. Does she not like me as much? And then he was having that, like, we just weren't talking to each other about it. Um, and obviously that backfired because, I mean, everyone saw kind of what happened. Yeah. Um, but then watching it back, it was really eye-opening because when we left Paradise, I was really mad at him. I was just like, you blindsided me. Um, we said we were going to be open with each other, so forth. But then watching it back, I was like, okay, he really was trying. Like, I didn't see all the <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. He really was trying. And I felt so horrible. And I mean, we can laugh about it now because it worked out. But... Right. Um, do you think that had you not been that way, do you think he would have proposed to you at the end of the show? Um, so we actually said kind of from the very beginning that um, neither of us wanted to get engaged. I think we were very open to the idea of leaving in a very serious relationship. Mm -hmm. But I think we were just kind of the same page of it's a very big thing, a really special thing. We only want to do it once. We want to be so sure mm -hmm. um, when we do it. So I think we always knew that the engagement, I just thought we were going to leave together. Like that was set in stone and apparently it wasn't, but then we got back together. But um, I, we both wanted to just leave paradise and not be engaged. Those producers, man, they can convince, uh, they can convince yeah. a penguin to buy some ice from them. Like, I feel like if you got towards the end, I guarantee those thoughts would have like crept in because they were just like be driving at home because the same thing happens to every single couple. And I think, because you, you guys left early before the engagements even were an option. And I think that's always the best option too for any couple. Like, same thing happened to me and Kaylin. You know, there was no pressure for us to get engaged from the producers because we weren't there during that time. And so you're able to like leave and just like have a lot less <laughs> responsibility in regards to like that aspect of it, I guess. Uh, Abigail, so the question becomes, you guys have been together for what, nine, 10 months now? So Which is an eternity in Bachelor world. Oh my God, that's like seven years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts about an engagement moving forward more confident in the idea of it now um yeah so we definitely have talked about it um it's definitely i mean we wouldn't be dating each other if that wasn't in the cards mm -hmm. um i think right now we're just enjoying taking the big step and moving in together um and really just kind of enjoying that and then we'll address the engagement down the road but there's no timeline um i don't think there's really ironically like a pressure on us i know like as a bachelor couple like people are always commenting on my pictures and stuff saying when's the engagement some people were messaging me thinking our trip to costa rica was gonna be like a proposal trip and i'm like we haven't even dating for a year so it's yeah. isn't that the most isn't that the most um infuriating thing sometimes too where you're just like let us just live our lives and like let yes. us be a regular couple and don't put that pressure onto us it's that and then it's just like when we don't follow like the timeline of the show, I think people are like, oh, they're not serious about like, they're mm. not serious about each other or they're doomed. And I'm like, but if it was a real world, like in the real world, people usually date for over a year before they take that next step. So it's just, yeah. It's yeah. I mean, hey, Kaylin and I are coming up on three years and there's still no engagement. So um, let us be, <laughs> let, let us be the example for you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> It'll come. It'll come eventually, maybe, if she ever asks. I'm just waiting for her to ask. She hasn't. She hasn't. Pulled the, pulled the <laughs> yeah, yet. she's got to get on one knee at some point. Um, so we do have a, a couple topics of the week that we want to get to. We also have an email coming up later on in the show. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with Abigail and talk about some hot topics. Uh -huh. 
You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. Dean, myself, and Abigail are here. So there's a topic that I want to talk about, and it's, ta- it's, uh, it's about breaking up, which is quite sad, and I'm not saying that anybody should break up within this this. Uh, but we've all broken up at podcast. some point. Yeah. So, so has everybody here been broken up with and have been the person to break up with someone? Yeah, of course, certainly. I don't think I've broken up with somebody. Never? Uh, no. Not even like Jimmy from sixth grade? (laughs) I feel like the closest was I knew I was over the relationship, but I like slowly creeped my way out. It was never like sit down conversation. So I feel like I wouldn't be 
Can, can we get the, can we get a little more detail on that? How do you slowly creep out of a relationship? <laughs> you just ghost them, don't you? Don't do that. Like slowly tiptoe back out of it. Um, yeah, I was in college. I was dating this guy. Like it wasn't a super serious relationship, and he was two years older, so he had just graduated college, and. At that point, I was just like, okay, I know, like, we're not going to get married. I want to enjoy college, so forth. Um, so it's just kind of more of just like I wasn't responding as much, so forth. And then I would kind of push it on him where he was like, yeah, like, I don't think this relationship's working. I think we should, like, go our separate ways. So, like, I indirectly try to make that happen. But I couldn't bring myself to be like, I don't think this is working. No, I don't. I'm not saying you broke up with someone on Paradise, but I don't remember. Were there guys that you had to turn away? There had to have been guys that wanted to date you or asked you on a date and you said no. Um, actually, no, because Noah and I went on our date the very first day. So I already had the power okay. from the first day. So I never. Oh, that's right. Like a guy asked. And then when guys would like pull us aside, like new guys coming in, they would be like, like what's your situation and stuff maybe i should have been more open but i always was just like yeah like no and i went on a date i'm happy with him like here are the girls are no. yeah it all worked out don't be yeah. more open you should have been more open out. you, did, it. you no. did exactly what you needed to do most of those guys suck you found a good one turn down anybody on paradise yeah you found you found the best guy that you could have found for yourself and probably in the entire um history of the show even too hey quick question not to get us too uh derailed from the conversation what are those little uh bobblehead soccer player guys behind you oh that's his friends um the third guy that lives with that justin they're like little and he like collects them okay cool they're cute i was just yeah i was curious they're not mine they're not mine i have no idea what they are is he feeling the pressure now i wish i knew is he feeling the pressure to move out now now that you're here Absolutely no. We it's a really big apartment. We have a lot of fun together. Um, I think it's have a nice way to do it, kind of like ease in instead of just I don't know. It works for us, I guess. No, I agree. It's it's funny too. Whenever I told anyone that we had like Kaylin and I had a roommate, everyone always kind of like looked at us weird. But it, honestly, I loved it. It was great. Like if Kaylin wasn't home, I'd get to hang out with one of my best friends. And if I wasn't home, they could like hang out too. So it was like, I don't know. Well, that's why well. you loved it. Cause it was your best friend, Dean. If yeah. it was Kaylin's best friend yeah. you were living with, I'm sure the situation would have been differently. That's I mean, that's pretty, I feel like a best guy and your girlfriend under water. That is pretty. They I should do. make like a sitcom out of this or something. <laughs> yeah. Dean, you were living the damn dream. You kidding me? It was like, Oh, I had to hang out with my girlfriend or my best friend. Well, my girlfriend's not here. I'm with my best friend. My best friend's not here. I'm with my girlfriend. Sadly, it's all coming to an end. Cause we move out on Tuesday. Oh, well, did you get the place in L.A.? Uh, we got a new studio in Los Angeles. It's 300 square feet. It is absolutely tiny. 300 well, square there, feet? Yeah, it's like a New York shoebox, but it's in Los say, Angeles. I feel like that has to be smaller than my little <laughs> New York apartment. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, rent prices are so ridiculous right now. We're paying nearly $3,000 a month for the tiniest little apartment. But it is what, what it is. Dude, it's cute. I would my my uh, office here in Audrey's is probably about uh, <laughs> about thirty square feet. I'll give it to you for a cup of coffee a month. Oh, you know what? I might, wait. Do I buy you the cup of coffee? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but okay. you have to spend it at Audrey's. Can so we, really, you're just paying me. Can we get back on track here? What's this? Uh, what are these breakups you want to talk about? All right. So this is from. Excuse me. It's an article titled how to break up with someone in the healthiest way possible. These are eight breakups. Don'ts. So these are eight breakup. Don'ts do not do these. The mistakes to avoid when breaking it off. One, 
do not break up over text or email. It says, remember when Carrie was broken up with over a post-it note in Sex in the City? Don't be that person. If you care about someone enough to be in a relationship with them for a period of time, you owe them the respect to have an in-person conversation. This one doesn't apply if you're concerned about your safety, though. So uh-huh. if you're not concerned about your safety and everything is good, uh, I agree with this. Don't break up over text or, or email. Email? What are you, <laughs> resigning from a job? <laughs> God forbid, Dan and I ever break up. I'm going to send her a fax and I'm just going to say, sorry, this isn't working out. <laughs> I'm going to flip uh, up this script. I feel a little attacked because I feel like this is what I did with my relationship. Oh, with my life, no. But I say, yes, I do agree. Text or email is a big no, no. I disagree. So I say go for it. Just send it. Send the text. If you don't like <laughs> it, it, it obviously isn't important enough to you anyways. Just press the send button. I've done it before. I think... I think it's okay. I think it kind of like helps both pe- both sides ease the blow, soften it a little bit. You well, know, how long were you dating the person for? Because I feel like if you're dating casually for like yeah. a few months, then text would make more sense instead of like hypothetically, if you and Kayla were to break up tomorrow, I don't think you would send her a text. You make a very valid point. I think okay. Here's a good rule of thumb: anything under six months, text okay. Anything over six, six months, months, text not okay. No way. Yeah. I was thinking more like two or three months mm. i would say two and even two for me is pushing it six months that's a invested <laughs> intense relationship okay can we go back to what i talked about earlier though is i hate phone calls so for me a text <laughs> conversation is nearly as good as a phone call conversation for me makes sense makes sense yeah uh number two it says do not surprise them a breakup out of the blue can feel especially devastating one of the best ways to eliminate unnecessary pain for your soon-to-be ex is to not surprise them with the breakup by blurting it out at an inappropriate time give them time and respect to emotionally prepare and seek the necessary support for the end of your relationship so instead of surprising them with the breakup like ease like you know Build up to it over a couple days. Like plant the seed of information. <laughs> I totally disagree with this. There's no, there's no beating around the bush here. Like you're gonna, if one person wants to break up with the other one, you're gonna kind of come out of left field and surprise them. You should blur it out. Yeah, I feel like, okay, well, Noah could have taken a note out of this one for Paradise because he did surprise me. But I also was thinking about it. I was like, how would you, like, what's the other way to do it? Though? Like, would you like what Dean said? Like, <clears throat> do you just kind of drop like little hints that it's yeah. working? I feel like sometimes like you just have to sit down and just say like, "Hey, I've been thinking about it. This is not working." Right, I agree. Or you could just take the other route and like put on a lot of weight and then let them break up with you because <laughs> you're not taking care of yourself anymore. That's always an option. It has worked. I'm not. I, this doesn't make any sense to me because what I would rather hit someone with a big right hook than little jabs mm. over the course of like a couple weeks, you know, yeah. not I, I, this is all uh, imaginary <laughs> talk here. Right, uh, right. I'd rather just hit them with a blow over the head. than uh, I'd rather hit my really post part of my over here. the head in one violent shot. But it's like, I mean, how would you not surprise them? What are you supposed to just walk past them and be like, you know, I really hate your cooking and just walk away (laughs) and just like keep doing that over the course of a couple of weeks until she gets the hint. Yeah, I think that's a bad tip. I think you should just tell it how it is at any moment. If you want to break up with them, let them know. What else you got? I agree. All right. The next one is do not break up right after having sex. This should go without saying, but it's something I hear too often in my practice. 
Having sex one last time and then breaking up with them can be incredibly confusing and hurtful, making the person feel used and even, and even causing distrust in their future relationships. Yeah, I agree with this, obviously. And then even vice versa, like breaking up with someone and then being like, okay, we should do it like one last time for like good old like time's sake. I feel like that's just as damaging too. Oh, I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say, if you were going to do that, that's the method you should take. That you should break up with someone and, and then, then have like, have like see you later sex. Cause think about it. Like if you're just going to have regular relationship sex, it'll just be as it'll just be like what you're used to. But if you break up with them and then have sex, there'll be a lot more like fire and passion in it. And then you guys could like bang it out and then move on with your lives. I mean, I would agree with that, but I also wouldn't say that's healthy. Oh yeah. No, 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 okay. no. I'm not, I'm not talking about healthy. I'm just talking uh, yeah, about I, what I'm, you should do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, definitely no. don't have sex with an ex. I mean, I, it's yeah. tough. Be- it's so okay, difficult but even if not to. Literally five minutes ago, it's a five minute old ex. Yeah, but then if you have sex, you're gonna want like I guarantee you, if you have two people having consensual sex who are former significant others, one of them is still wanting to be with the other person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see. I see where we're coming from. I'm saying the timeline is a lot shorter than what what maybe I'm giving it credit for. Is like I'm gonna walk into the room and say, "Hey, you and I are breaking up." And then we're going to, before we leave that same room, we'll have already had sex. It's like, and then never have sex again. You know, it's not like you're going to come back a week later and have sex. You're going to have sex yeah, in this that is, moment. That's so misleading. I feel like when you utter the words break up, but then your body's saying something different. Like, oh yeah. Hold on. I want to know specifically. All right, Dean. So what do you, what you're <laughs> saying is that you should have sex with the person and then say we're breaking up. No, or no, no, no. You say Okay, we're breaking up and now we're going to have sex. And then like, <laughs> like one last two raw, you know, like it's breakup sex. People have breakup sex all the time. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I, I agree they do. It's just I agree with Abigail. I think it's a terrible decision. Yeah. And it looks like she's coming point. around in my way of thinking here. Sex is like off the table. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe she's not coming around to my way of thinking. <laughs> I mean, hey, teach their own, I guess. Uh, I'm not saying I condone this. I'm not saying I've ever done it, nor would I ever do it. I'm just saying if you were to do those two things in one particular order, that's the order that I would recommend doing them in. Okay, I see the point you're making. You're like, if I had to choose, yes, I but would I, agree. Yeah, but I yeah, think yeah. overall... And if I, if I had the choice of not breaking up at all, that's my choice. Stay okay. together oh. forever. And Dean, I, I totally agree with you. If if it was plausible to say, okay, let's break up and then we'll just have sex and there'll be no emotion attached to it and we'll just one last time. Sure. Yeah, of course. Why not? That's what well, I've been that's saying. Ne- <laughs> that's never the case, though. Oh. And in fact, there would be a lot of emotion attached to it. I don't that switch either. What do you mean? Huh? Like just go from a relationship and then flip the switch and say, yeah, we can keep all the physical stuff but no emotions i'm not saying like a repeat offender in terms of like hooking up i'm just saying one and done you're in you're out sex is like gambling you put a dollar in a slot machine you're like all right i'm only spending a dollar and then you lose or you win and then you're like maybe one more maybe one more it's like when you go to a justin bieber concert and it's the best concert ever and he's saying hey guys thanks so much i had a great time tonight i'll see you next time and he walks off the stage and everyone in the crowd is saying one more song one more (laughs) song and then he he you know he's leaving you know he's breaking up with you and he comes out and he goes you know what one more song i'll give you guys an encore and it's so much better than every other song because you know it's the last song he's gonna sing and so you cherish every second of it so much more and then he leaves. And then you know, don't see him again until the next time you go to a Justin Bieber concert. 
But then my point exactly odd to like see him walk off the stage at that point because it's like you kind of got that little teaser of like no, because now you keep asking, but then when he doesn't come back on the stage again, it hurts more. I see, but you've already experienced him walking off the stage once before. So now seeing him walk off again, you've become like a little bit more calloused to the to the concept of it. Um I'm I'm willing to die we're, on this hill too, by the way, in case you guys haven't we're, noticed. We're missing the point, which is <laughs> Dean. You're going to go back to a Justin Bieber concert. You yeah. know, even though it's one more song, you know, it's not the one more song. You're going to go back. You're going to see more songs. You're okay. going to want to enjoy more songs together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, um, moving on. Next one. We've spent too much time on this particular one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, do not break up. Do not break up with someone going through a personal crisis. Now, this one's difficult. Avoid a breakup, if at all possible, when someone is dealing with a personal crisis like a death in the family or an illness. However, if the situation is ongoing, you should consider communicating your feelings so the person doesn't expect to count on your support and create a deeper bond. Yeah, this one's tough. I disagree (laughs) with that as well. This guy's the worst. You do too. Let's hear why. Uh, I had a buddy. This is going to sound (laughs) terrible. (laughs) I had a buddy who was with someone who had cancer and he was not in love anymore. And it was like the hot, he ended up staying with them for like months oh, man. Uh, because this, it was like the most tragic thing I've ever heard. Uh, but it was tough because it was this, this exact scenario where they were together and, uh, she like the cancer came back and then but he like wasn't that close to her and it was this whole thing and it was just like holy shit what do you do because he obviously didn't want to leave her side but it was also they weren't doing that well in in a romantic sense so it was like anywho that's the story so what uh what was the conclusion of that story they broke up Uh, (laughs) that's that's i mean listen i think Crisis or not, if you want to break up with someone, you should break up with them. Like, especially, like, imagine if you were going through a crisis and then you come to, and then you get broken up with like six months later. And then you come to find out the only reason that you got broken up with six months later was because the other person like felt bad for you going through the crisis. I would, I would just be like angry about that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I would agree because I feel like with cancer or like if somebody loses a family member, there's no kind of time frame to that. You know, maybe don't break up with them the week that it happens, like have some sort of compassion there. But if somebody loses somebody in three months down the road, I mean, that's still like you shouldn't just stay with somebody up to that point. That makes sense. Kind of what Dean was saying. But yeah, with the cancer, I I feel like they did the right thing by breaking up as hard, like horrible as that sounds. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think at the end of the day, you gotta, it's just tough. Uh, do not break up in the middle of a fight. Never mm. end a relationship in the heat of the moment. You may regret your decision once the argument is over. Yeah. Good. Duh. Good. Duh. Um, I'll take, uh, I'll take, there's a bear shit in the woods for a hundred dollars, Alex. Um, <laughs> No, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like Abigail and Noah broke up in the middle of a fight, though, and here they are thriving, so good for them. Yeah, but I also think, like, in this, like, instance, they're saying, like, in the heat of the moment, like, a heated fight. Apparently, he's been having, like, thoughts about it, and, like, it just was, like, communicated. Hmm. I feel like that's different and, like, kind of building up to it, but, like, if you're screaming over, like, somebody not putting the dishes away and then saying, like, mm. okay, we're breaking up, like, that's it. 
that's yeah that's true and i also think too like if you're getting in fights that often and like your instinctual reaction is to be like we're breaking up then you've probably been thinking about breaking up with that person for a long time so um so yeah do you you guys watch um love is blind I'm in the middle of the second season. Okay, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but there's I one... I already looked up the spoilers. I was oh, like, yeah, everywhere, yeah. I just need to like see um, how it was, it was entertaining. I, I like that show. But there was one couple that broke up and they broke up because the guy got in a fight with her at the very end, like the day before the wedding day. Um, and I was like, well, of course, he like got drunk and like spewed a bunch of nonsense at her. And I was like, well, he's been thinking this the entire month that they've been together. Um, and he finally just like blurted it all out finally. So That's I do shit. think like... Oh, yeah. Super shitty. Like he... he no, it was a Shane, the guy. Oh, it was um, Shane. Yes, it was okay. Shane. Yes. And Shane is crazy. I mean, I don't oh, know. Yeah. Him. I don't know, oh, but yeah. just like just watching him on the show. So, I mean, I think like if you are going to blurt it out and break up with someone in the middle of the fight, it's probably because you've had that uh, that thought cross your mind at some point as well. Well, and then how do you, like, can you expect your partner to like stick through the hard times if that's their resort for like a small inconvenience? It's we're right. breaking up. It's like if right. it happens down the road, I would have no faith in that person sticking around. It's like super manipulative too to like be like something goes wrong, we're breaking up, mm-hmm. and then things like heal and you feel better and you get back together, and then same thing happens over again. Super textbook manipulation. I agree. Uh, all right, the next one is uh, do not break up in front of other people. This is probably obvious. But don't pull a legally blonde and break up with someone in a restaurant. Breakups can be very emotional and you need privacy. At the very least, find a quiet area for you to discuss your feelings in private. I would agree with this. After go- going through two breakups on TV around people, <laughs> it's the least fun thing because you don't know how to process your emotions. Your People are asking you questions. I don't know. It's just the most uncomfortable thing. So don't do it. Jared, have you ever been broken up publicly? Besides I mean, Paradise? I didn't... Uh, no, I don't think so. Who would break up publicly? Why would you like... I guess maybe, again... See, I think the last two are correlated because if you break up in a public area, then I'm sure you're breaking up during a fight. It's the only thing I can think of is that you fight and then you break up and you weren't expected to break up. Like, mm-hmm. Who would be like, okay, I, I need to break up with Susie so I think I'm going to break up with her when we're at dinner with my, our friends. Like mm-hmm. what? I mean, if you want like the like a control reaction, like if you're afraid that someone's going to like lash out, then maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm going to break up <laughs> with them in front of people, so that way yeah. they can't lash out too much at me. Yeah, that's true. I guess moral of the story: if you feel, I feel a lot of these kind of boil back down to what you were saying earlier too, Jared. If you feel like unsafe in the relationship, a lot of these kind of maybe don't really apply because. Like having a control controlled area, like a restaurant, would be nice to be able to kind of protect yourself a little bit. But yeah, you don't want to break up in the in a back dark alley. Uh, another one: do not take a break. This one's interesting. Everyone witnessed what happened to Ross and Rachel and friends, but in all seriousness, never suggest a break. If you feel that you need a break from the person, chances are you want to break up, but maybe may fear being alone. Mm. Wait until you're ready to end the relationship, then talk about breaking up. Um, I mostly agree with this. My experience with taking a break is that the relationship is over and we're just, um, stalling the inevitable. Mm. You think I, th- I disagree. I think you can take breaks healthfully, healthfully. What's the word? Healthfully or healthfully, healthfully. How the hell should I know? I have a Rhode Island public school system. 
That's healthfully. I think you can healthfully take breaks. You know, I, I don't think that it's probably a good thing, but I think everyone needs a break every once in a while, you know? But it depends on like, what you mean by breaks. Like, do you mean, okay, like, can we sleep with other people? Yeah. Is it, oh, I just need a break, like a weekend trip to go see my family, just like a little space. Like, because Ross and Rachel, like, obviously that was very confusing on another level. But right. yeah, I agree with Jerry. Like, if you're saying like, oh, we should take like a few weeks, like a break, that's a breakup. Like, at yeah. that well, point, I guess, I guess the question is during the break, I think of taking a break as seeing other people. Right. Oh, then no, the relationship's over. I also agree with that. I think when I think of taking a break, I think it's just like two people um, like going different directions for like a month and then coming back together and like assessing their emotions. But if you're not, not like sleeping with other people, but just like going off and doing your own thing for a month, you know, and like maybe like limited contact. But if you're going out and hooking up with other people, that's when I think the relationship should be um, tarnished. All right, last one of the do nots. Uh, do not stay with someone out of obligation. You might be tempted to back out of breaking up with someone because of anxiety, but that's not in either of your best interests. Never avoid breaking up with somebody because you're afraid of hurting their feelings or afraid of being single. Yeah, I mean, another gada. Like, don't be in a relationship if you're just doing it because you're afraid of being alone and you actually don't want to be with this person. That's it's bad for everybody involved and it almost always ends badly. I agree. Um, who, who's ever been in a relationship for obligation? Uh, you've never been in a relationship where you're just like, well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. I don't know. I, I guess obligation would, my, what I think of when I hear obligation in this sense would be that you guys have been together for so long and maybe mm. you own a house together or maybe you have kids together and you're like, well, I don't want to be with you, but mm. I feel like we should be together because of these factors. I bet you there's a lot of um, bachelor relationships that stay together because of obligation. A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I guess there's a good example of maybe staying together via obligation. Although they ultimately end up crashing and burning anyway. So why delay the inevitable? Just, you know, get it over with, right? Well, you try to make a few more bucks, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Well, fiduciary obligation is different than like a romantic obligation, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, definitely squeeze as much as you can out of the, the you know, the shilling teat. But uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. The doorbell just rang, so I'm a little distracted right now. Who is it? I don't know. I'm not going to answer it. That's how much I care about this podcast. It could be anyone. It could literally be the mayor of Las Vegas coming to my door with a giant check for $2 million because I won the Powerball. And I don't care because um, Suck Army is where my attention belongs. But um, we're going to take one quick break. Uh, we're going to get to emails with Abigail and um, make sure to stick to the break and we'll be right back. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. 
That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. And as promised, we're going to get to an email. We got Amanda emailing us, but I don't know who is going to read this for us. I'll Um, read it. No, 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 no. We don't want Aww. you to read it. Maybe uh, Tara or Hannah or even Abigail if she wants to. I'll read the email from Amanda. I don't know why you don't want Jared to read the email, though. That's yeah, this is bullshit. It's bro. not that I don't want him to read it. I just want a new, uh, you know, a different voice for a little bit. No, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go back to making coffee. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. This email is from Amanda. She says, after finishing graduate school in December, I decided to try online dating again. Unfortunately, a few days into it, I was diagnosed with Bell's palsy. I decided to be honest with someone I matched with and told him what happened. Long story short, he told me it was what's on the inside that matters and still wanted to meet. So we made set plans. Unfortunately, he canceled the night before and said, I'm so sorry. I have to help my dad. I hope you don't think I'm a flake. Let's do it next weekend instead. The following weekend didn't work for me, so I asked him about a weekday. He didn't respond, and then I checked, and he unmatched with me. Even before the Bell's palsy diagnosis, I had trouble dealing with ghosting, guys guys who would message for a week but not make plans, and bad first dates. I probably went on 10 bad dates in a row and don't know how to move forward. How do I break the cycle? Hmm. That's um, a tough one because there's a lot to unpack there. 
Bell's palsy, for those of you that don't know, is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's when like half of your face goes, um, not like paralyzed, but it loses like its muscle composition, right? Yeah, I was just looking it up because honestly, I've never heard of Bell's palsy. Uh, but yes, it says there's, it's when so there's sudden weakness in the muscles on one half uh, of the face. It could be a reaction to a viral infection. Um, yeah. That's what it is. So my dad, I think, had Bell's palsy at one point when I was in high school. I remember his like half of his face went. I thought he had a stroke or something, and that's why it was doing that. And I'm pretty sure he's all better now with it. I don't know, but I I've noticed that um, sometimes in my face, my my facial uh, expressions don't match, and so I'm worried that I'm getting Bell's palsy as well. I don't know if that's even possible like thing to happen, but it's it's a scary thing. So I mean, I commend this girl for. Um, you know, fighting through it and going on dates and trying to find the the positive outlook. But like at the end of the day, too, I don't think it's really it shouldn't be as big of a deal as it is, right? Like if you like someone and they like you back, it shouldn't really matter um, whether you have Bell's palsy or not. But I, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I definitely commend her for coming out and saying it because I remember when I was on the dating apps before the show. I would never tell guys about my hearing loss. That was just something that was too scary for me to do. So the fact that she's coming out and saying it, I definitely commend her for that. Um, and honestly, the sound guys kind of sounds like an asshole just because I feel like he's trying to make it himself feel good by saying, you know, it's what's on the inside that matters, not the outside, but then his actions aren't lining up with what he's saying. So I don't like that he did that. Um, so I'm glad that they didn't go on the date because it just sounds like he's not a, like a good person to be honest. But um, in terms of how to break the streak, I just think while dating naps are good, like a good way to meet people, they're really draining. And I feel like they just take a toll on kind of your self-confidence and so forth. And you kind of just become not the best version of yourself to be going on dates with because you're constantly thinking, okay, I have five dates that didn't go well. What am I doing wrong? But maybe it was the guys that were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. I think just taking a break, doing the things that make you happy, like just get off the apps for a while, go hang out with your friends, just do the things that make you happy. And I think you'll kind of have the energy that will draw people to you. Um, but yeah, I do not miss the dating app. Oh, no, never. Oh. And also dating apps, they're great. And I think they work for a lot of people. But to Abigail's point, I think if you ditch the dating apps and just go do the things that make you happy, you probably would meet someone in person doing those similar things. And then like there is your instant um, like common ground and like things to bond over and hobbies that you can share together. So mm -hmm. I always agree with that too. It's like, you know, if you go to church um, and you have trouble meeting guys on dating apps, maybe like go to church and try to meet someone at church or if you like to play golf or whatever it is, like go on hikes and you meet someone doing those activities and then you obviously like have a shared common ground. So the Bell's palsy thing is tricky. Like obviously there is, <clears throat> there has to be like a physical connection and um, that's, that's hard because like that's, you know, unpredictable, I guess. Like it just comes, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine it just kind of like happens randomly um, but it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things you guys have to figure out. What, Jared, what do you think? I haven't heard your opinion yet. Well, no, I just think if you want to break the cycle, yeah, you, you have to break the cycle. Like Abigail said, do something different. Uh, you know, you can't really focus your energy on other people's reactions or how they, um, conduct their actions. Uh, just focus on yourself. Uh, try to be as positive as possible. It's not easy. Uh, but, um, 
yeah, if you're looking to break the cycle, because dating apps can really suck sometimes. I think they're wonderful, but sometimes they can be really emotionally draining. Then yeah, break yeah. the cycle. Don't stop using dating apps for a while. Do something different. What that is, I'm not sure. You know, Amanda, you'll be the one to answer that. Whatever you love doing, like Dean said, go do it. And then hopefully maybe you, something comes from that. But that's my only advice. And for the record, Amanda, you said at one point, guys would message for a week and then not make plans and you'd have bad first dates. Um, just for the record, that was also me. Like I was that guy that would talk for a week and then never message back. And I think what it really stems from is just an immaturity on the guys. It's nothing to do with you. It's just the, the, a the guy is like probably is talking to too many people on a dating app. Probably is you know like early to mid twenties or maybe even older, but he's just an asshole and he's immature. So that kind of like again brings it back to what we were talking about earlier is like, go do the things that make you happy and find a guy that way rather than trying to find a guy on a dating app that's going to be flaky and immature. So I hope that helps. Um, anyways, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amanda, for emailing. Um, I wish you nothing but the best of luck in your search for a boyfriend. Uh, keep the emails coming. I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. Uh, tell us all your dating stories and anything... Uh, if you have any questions, anything like that. Big thank you to Abigail for joining us this week. Abigail, we cannot wait to see more from you and Noah. We're waiting on the engagement. Every trip you go on, I'm expecting it to be an engagement. Even after you're engaged, you guys are going to be engaged and you're going to go on a trip to Italy. And I'm going to say, are they getting engaged again? Is that going to happen? <laughs> get engaged. My brain just keeps getting fuller all the way on every single trip we take. You're not going to be able to, to bend your ring finger at one point. It's going to be filled with rings. <laughs> um, Jared, thank you as always. Uh, Hanan, Tara, Tara, thank you guys so much too. Be sure to tune in next week where maybe we suck just a little bit less. Follow Help by Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.